So the mic is hot, my man. Um, so this is, I think, my sixth or seventh podcast, something like that. Yeah. I've not done a bunch of them yet. Um, and I like having a variety. I'm looking forward to having a variety of guests. And you will be the newest person in my universe. So everybody cool. that I've had my, on my podcast up to this point are people I've known and know me and, and yeah. have known me for some time. A lot of guys I've, I have some sort of history with. My brother's on there. Um, guys I've skated with, um, guys I, I coached with, and um, uh, there's one guy I didn't know very much, um, Kyle. Um, that's actually a really good podcast because yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's a really unique dude. Um, I was starting to catch a couple of them towards the end where, um, you know, the one I listened to, I guess, was the uh, Tim, is yeah. that right, or Tom? Tim, Tim, Tim Newton. Tim Newton, yeah, yeah, and that was... That's the first one I caught, and instantly I was like, "Man, this is yeah, this is going back. This is good." Yeah, two of my favorite. I like all of them actually, but two of my favorites is when I sat down with Kyle Lucader, um, and then my buddy Chuck Harbaugh. Okay. Um, Chuck Harbaugh is he and I have known each other since third grade. Yeah. So he's one of my best, best, tightest friends. Um, so I'm going to do a quick introduction. Yeah. Uh, this is another installment of The Visit, uh, V-I-Z-I-T, so the lady in New York doesn't get mad at me. Um, <laughs> Caught that on the first one, so yeah, right Yeah, on. exactly. Um, and I'm sitting down with uh, one of my newest friends. Um, uh, me and Frank have, have spoke several times, lots by text, a couple of times in person. We are clearly two guys cut from the same stone. Um, in a lot of different ways. I'm 43. You said you're in your mid-30s. Mid yeah, I'll be 33 in July. Okay, yeah. you're still a young buck, kind of. <laughs> Try to feel keep it. it that way in my head, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the elephant in the room with Frank and how I've gotten to know him is he is my Tesla service tech. Um, and uh, anybody who knows me knows that I've turned into a ridiculous fanboy for Tesla. Like, if I could walk around with a Tesla hat on, with a Tesla t-shirt, with Tesla pants on, with Tesla underwear, I probably would, right? Um, that's only kind of an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we could do it and not for, follow a certain persona, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and um, you get to work with them every day, yeah. uh, which is super cool because you, I know them as a user, and you know them from an, an, an engineering and service tech uh, standpoint and... Um, I, I'm going to give you the floor okay. um, for a moment to tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me Tesla. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go from my standpoint and, you know, unfortunately it may be different for others. Um, I came into the thought of Tesla actually through wheel repair. Um, I did that for about 12 years. Uh, awesome company at the time. Um, you know, franchisee went corporate over time and that's unfortunately what kind of you know, didn't go as great for me towards the end, but I gained so much knowledge, so many customer, you know, customer base, you know, acknowledgement from all of that. And it turned into, I want to say in probably like 2011, 2012, Tesla came into St. Louis uh, in University City area. And that was the first time I was actually doing a wheel repair for another customer. And one of the managers had actually reached out while bringing a car down to this place I was doing a wheel for come to find out they wanted a guy in house were, so, were you by were you working on a tesla or were you by chance working on a bmw for beamers or us 
No, it wasn't Beamers R Us, but I know where you're at. Okay, um, yeah. We actually did a lot more so on the wheel side. We did a little bit for Beamers in the beginning. Or Beamers R. It was like Beamers R Us or Beamers, however. Yeah, yeah. B-I-M. Yeah. yeah, and we did some work for them in the beginning, but I started doing a lot more work for the... Uh, Oh, Bavarian BMW. There was like a, it's like a private oh, owned. Oh gosh, man, I'm 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 totally it, brain farting. No, Beamers R Us is not the place I want to advocate. Um, Greg, I love you, buddy, but I'm <laughs> Greg is the owner of Beamers yeah, R Us. Yeah. Um, but I am a massive fan of BMW, and in larger part, Bavarian BMW. Yeah. Um, yeah. Owners got- John and and Sir's manager Ed in U okay. City. If you have a BMW. And you're taking it anywhere. If it's an out-of-service BMW, you're taking it anywhere in St. Louis that's not Bavarian BMW, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. They're an awesome private-owned yeah. BMW. I don't even want to call them a dealership, but they definitely treat their customers and their cars like it. But it's all like a it's a private-owned shop. It's basically like your mom and pop for BMWs. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and by far the most knowledgeable people on BMW, late model BMWs that you come across. There isn't one they haven't touched. There isn't any place they haven't put their fingers in those cars. And I think I think now, I believe they're getting even deeper into the Mini Cooper line. They're doing a lot of Mini stuff since it's yeah. kind of a, a branch off yeah. you know, brand with them. So so you were doing stuff for Bavarian? I was actually doing, I was doing, I was at a PDR shop. I don't need to get into names because okay. there's a ton of these guys out there, but I was uh, doing paintless dent removal. I was working for a shop there and uh, one of the guys had brought a customer's car down to get a dent removed and they noticed I was doing wheel repair in the back. And they were like, man, I, I really need a guy to come down. You know, he's, we, we don't mind bringing it here, but we're kind of double dipping with that. I said, dude, it's totally fine. Let me finish up taking care of my guy. I'll come down. And dude, it was like 5.30 when this guy showed up to drop this car off. I was huge in doing whatever it needs to do to take care of a customer. I finished up about 6.30, 7 o'clock. I drove down there. The guys were still there. And we put a game plan together. And since then, I had done wheels for Teslas for, heck, I guess, eight, nine years up until eventually now working for them. So most of my customers coming out of the wheel repair game, I was showing up to their house in a Tesla mobile repair van Hey man, what's going on? Like, well, wait a minute, don't you do? I'm like, hey, I'm still doing wheels, but now I'm a Tesla tech. So, so it's been how many years have you been working with Tesla? It's uh, coming up August 26th will be my first year. So I'm no, not no, even. No, I mean in total, like oh, and from so your in general, experience. being around the car, I mean, I guess 11, 11 or 12, and that would make it. I mean, almost nine years, ten years, or eight, nine years now. That's so remarkable. We're in 2020. That's remarkable. Yeah. And being involved in them and the way they are, I mean. We can go on and on, but man, dude, the, from the way that they take care of their employees versus their customers, it's the same thing, if not better, for the customers just after employee being based there. So it's, I've had well, a lot of different management. So from my experience, the purchasing process with a Tesla is a bit different. Okay. okay. So if you're going to go in and buy a new Corvette, yeah, you're going to go to a GM dealership and you're going to deal with an individual and he's probably going to kiss your ass a good amount because you're there to buy a Corvette. Um, and if you buy like a really nice one, he's going to kiss your ass a little bit more. Um, definitely a sales pitch with Tesla. They're going to sell the car with or without you. If you don't buy it, somebody else is going to buy it. So it's not like they don't care, right? But they could get better at that. Right. But everything that's happened after that as a customer has been phenomenal. Good. Like, uh, the, the customer experience has been wonderful. And it's not like the purchase experience wasn't good. It just, I guess I had a higher expectation. Right. Uh, I expect right. it to be more smooth, of a challenge, maybe smooth yeah. and enjoyable. Right. And right. it was clunky yeah. and took patience. Right. 
Right. And, uh, and I've heard that echoed by other, a lot of other people. Cause right. I, right. Uh, I, and that's the unfortunate part. Like we were talking earlier in the day, uh, we just recently got done servicing, uh, uh, Rob's car. And it's one of those things. It's like, you know, the, when it comes to the sales pitch, I mean, for the most part, they want you to get in there, test drive one of these cars and yeah. enjoy it. I mean, yeah. and if you don't walk home, like, you know, you know, take, take off, go, you know, go, you know, maybe tell some people about it, your experience. They're not, they're not there to push the sale on you, but at right. the same time, even when you talk to our service techs, it's like, man, I, I can't, well, like, well, what do you like about the car? What do you think? It's like, dude, like <laughs> we all have different things that we like and we enjoy. You just got to go drive one. Yeah. You know, that's I, the ultimate experience. And if you don't like it, Hey, it's, it's not your thing. It's not a huge deal. So you're in the, the, the Tesla service van and you have to pull up the gas stations cause it's a mm-hmm. gasoline car. Mm-hmm. And, but people see that huge T on the side. How yep. often do you have strangers walking up to you asking you questions? If I don't have them asking me, I'm going out of my way to conversate with them because I see the looks. Yeah. You know, if they're close, I'll go out of my way. Like, yeah, man, I know it's a little ironic. You know, obviously there's an explanation to all of it, but we used to have nothing but gas vehicles for mobile, uh, mobile vehicles, mobile vans. And we just recently got into, we have three in our St. Louis location and we just recently got into our, uh, into two model S, uh, mobile repair units. Been awesome. Few little things here and there that could make it easier, but we're really hoping to get an X. The biggest problem. Yeah, well, actually, what I'm referring to is that just every single there, there's just a massive number of people who are just curious about the car. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Going down that road for sure. Yeah. Just I've had my old house has solar panels on it. Okay. I put them on in 2010, I think 2010 or 2011, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I would have random people. Yeah. If I was standing outside, stop outside of my house. And want to talk about the solar panels because there's just a, a curiosity. I think people are interested, but people just don't know. And, right. and, and I'm having that same experience every time I'm in a parking lot. Every time. If I'm in a Walmart, if I'm in a Walgreens, if I'm, if I'm going, it doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm in a parking lot where there's people around, there's always looks. And there's almost always an inquisitive sort of expression. Yeah. Not everybody will approach you, but a lot do. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. Like you're saying, it's, it's a matter of... It almost turns into a, uh, an amount of, uh, like, it's just customer knowledge. I mean, I can't tell you how many situations we run into where the unfortunate part of just maybe either a customer or even a, um, you know, a potential customer, they're just uncertain. And it's like anything uh-huh. else. I used to try and be the same way with my wheel repair. Even if you don't ever, he- don't ever hesitate to ask. Always raise that hand. Like, it's mm-hmm. no, no question's a dumb question because if you really don't know, that's, that's, that's not harming, but that's, that's letting you down. You're letting yourself down for not asking. But, man, I tell you what, a lot of times when we have these conversations, we both walk away different people and, and for the yeah. better. You yeah. know, and like you said, most people just don't know. I can't tell you how many people have walked by and seen solar panels and didn't even know what they were. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's something that's not pushed. I mean, it's definitely a lot more nowadays. Uh, my brother's a perfect example. He's an electrical engineer for Boeing. Um, he actually is full solar. He's in O'Fallon, St. Louis area, St. Charles, and he's full solar. I mean, wow. he's still on the grid. So yeah. the, the, the gain there is you, as long as you produce enough, you technically don't have a bill, but you have like a storage. You have almost like a, an electrical savings account. Yeah. You, well, you use the grid as your battery. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but now Tesla's doing this power wall. And if you want to technically build your house where you're off the grid, you can still do it. You and just, dairy. if you run out, you're kind of screwed. So yeah. you got to watch that, but it's neat. The, the advancement in this stuff is 
Well, we're barely crowning the surface. It's it's pretty wild. And and efficiency in the running of a home is getting better and better all For the sure. time. Yeah. You know, I I think I counted up something like eighty eight light bulbs in this house. Mm. And oh, so yeah. if you're if you're yeah. running all incandescent bulbs, yeah. and then you switch over to all LED, that's an appreciable difference right. Right. in efficiency. And and you know, some people have trouble with you know. Uh, you know, combining the cost and doing that, it's like, well, you got to look at the overall. You're going to pay a little bit more for that ball, but how long is it going to last? You're paying it one way or the other. Right, right. Yeah. You're going to pay it every electric bill or you're going to pay it one time and it's going to be cheaper the rest of your life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I figured for that sure. out when I went solar way back then was that I'm paying it anyway. Right. The first, the first seven years of the solar, I was paying for my electricity up front all at one time. Yeah. And it was over seven or eight years, it was paying me back that initial investment. After that seventh or eighth year, the cost of return, the ROI had reached zero. And so like that had fully paid for itself in savings and electricity. Now it's genuinely making free electricity, by the way, for my renter, not for me. Because <laughs> I don't live in that house anymore. Right, right. Um, which That's is great for, my, great for my renter, um, but not so much for me. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, I personally am just having conversations all the time about the car. People yeah. are so curious and so interested, and um, yeah. Um, and me being a technician, I'll, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you, man. I, I don't know it all. You know, I'm still learning. Um, obviously, there's been some some conversations back and forth. You know, getting up to this point where you know I do, I, I am sometimes a little unsure, but I'm always going to try and point you in the right direction, and that's that's what's so great about this company for me looking on the inside from the inside looking out is I've had some crazy management that was lacking up until now. And I can pick up the phone in other companies in other companies. Yeah. Sorry. But up until now I I got a phone number for anything that I need. I've got a department, you know, it's just the, the, the availability of resources this company has for its employees and its customers is I've never seen anything like it. So, um, you genuinely have a feeling of everybody's on the same team. I, more than I have anywhere else, I can definitely say that. You That's know, remarkable. You, you, it's it's hard to get in anywhere and not have egos and you know some guys that you know know a little bit more coming in than others, but they really set it up where um, you, you know idea sharing and and just getting information out there. They 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 condone you to hey you know if you got a better way of doing this you know. You know, put it out there. Tell your guys around you. You don't have to run to engineering right away. You know, make it easier on your staff and on your, uh, yeah. you know, on your fellow technicians. And if it works, then let's take it to the next level. Because if it doesn't, nobody's hurt. See, it's trial and error. You and I share occupation similarities, mm-hmm. a lot of parallels, because I'm in technology and you are also <laughs> in technology. I'm dealing with technology in, in the home and mm-hmm. in small commercial formats, and you're dealing in technology in this mobile world, in this in the vehicle, and we're also there's there's also a parallel in that the technology is changing around you. Yeah, technology has been changing around me for years. Like this is part of just what it is to be me. Right. I bet there's a lot of automotive technicians who might have a hard time doing what you do because it changes so quickly and. There is, there probably is no ideas of this is the right way of doing something, is there? Right, right. It, it's, I will definitely say I'm one of those people or technicians. We used to all grow up as I was a, you know, we had a, growing up, I was a, we had a private owned shop, transmission shop. My, my dad had started and 
I grew up super manual. Anything right. parts, you know, anything uh, mechanical that worked together, you know, electrical wasn't a strong point just because it wasn't as needed then. It was very minor electrical parts on a car. Now, you know, with technology and, you know, the amount of <laughs> wiring that's in these cars, modules, touchscreen interface instead of, you know, buttons, it's learning all that is definitely a chore. But man, the way that they've got it set up to, I mean, just. You know, you think online classes, there's a lot of online learning with Tesla and you would think that that can only go so far, but the way that they depict some of these courses, and I mean, you can literally walk out of these courses and, and understand it. Some of these, no most, kidding. most people, most younger kids in our generation day are going to, if they decide they want to go that route or try and get into that route, it's, it's going to, I don't want to say it's going to be a breeze. Because things are always changing. Things are always evolving. The biggest thing we've all heard in Tesla is, oh, it's a firmware bug. <laughs> Clearly, we've all been around that plenty of times. I tell so, clients that all the time. Oh, yeah. And I'm almost and, always right, by the way. Right. And I, and I hate it. <laughs> to a degree, I, I hate it because it's usually true. But yeah. it's also the, the easiest way to, from what some people might say, to get out of a, a complaint or an issue. But it, well, it is. It's, the it, car's it, completely computerized. At some, at some point, it becomes Occam's razor. Right. The most likely, so the most likely yes. answer is usually the correct one. And in the case of technology, when you are writing new software for something all the time, mm-hmm. um, you're, anything that you're doing all the time, if it's being done by a human being, it's probably going to be flawed in some way or another at some point. And so software flaws are, are a real thing. And, and are you, the younger customers more accepting of that answer than the older customers? Oh man, they, they, you, you've gotten updates on your phone that just one app just will not work correctly. It throws the wrong signal. It won't tap a button. The younger generation, it, it, like I said, it's it's walking right up their alley. Like they 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 they're already dealing with it. Most of their interest in the company is to try and help better that. Oh, so yeah? it's neat. It's I mean, I, it's not you know I grew up you know we we were the age of smartphones and internet and like we 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 had a little taste of what it was like to not have any of that. So the I guess the better side of the generation coming up now is. They're, it's already integrated from birth almost, you know, yeah. they're, so it, it, it helps. They, most of the generation likes it. You can't go down the street nowadays and say something about Tesla and anybody not know what you're talking about. Well, even, even our older generations. I mean, it's funny you mentioned about kids particularly. Yeah. Like you would think I was driving a Lamborghini down the road. <laughs> right. With right. the way these kids react to that car. These that, guys, these kids see my service van strolling through neighborhoods and like, oh my God, it's a Tesla. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> That's what we're here to do. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised by the reaction because I, yes, it's Tesla, but honestly, it's, I think people perceive it as more than it is. Right. Um, right. It's not when you're talking Model S P100D. Yes, right. that's a hundred and probably hundred fifty thousand dollar car. Right. I'm not driving a right. hundred fifty thousand dollar car. No, I'm driving a car that most of the people around me spend similar money. Right. Maybe not as much. Maybe a little bit more in some cases. Uh-huh. Most of my clients have quite a lot nicer cars. Yeah. And um, so for me, it's just a really cool car. Yeah. And when the I features drive it, are wild, man, when I drive it down the road, these kids are, are rubbernecking and they're, yeah. Hey, I like your car. You know, I get that. I got that yesterday from some kid on the yeah. bike. Like I parked in the driveway and he's, he's, he's driving his bike down the road and he's like, Hey, I like your car. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and right off the bat, you, you know, like you, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, it almost is, 
I don't want to call it a movement because that's maybe a little too much, but I mean, it, in a way it is, man. I mean, it's, it's a way of life now for most people. It's, if you, if you look at the, the, the total, the totality of it mm -hmm. with SpaceX yeah, and Tesla, <laughs> watch out, man. And, and giga this and giga that. Yeah. And I, I think it would be, it might be a little bold to call it a movement, but then five years down the road when we're looking back, maybe we might not think it's so bold right. anymore. Look at what the vision is already doing to not only the, like your home style, like now they've got the power wall and they've got all these other components that are outside of Tesla. You know, we can look at their stock and, and look how that's going crazy. And, you know, even with like, you know, we just talked to SpaceX program, like as a whole, look how fast this has all happened dude i geek it's out. ridiculous i geek out on the idea that the 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 guy that's basically responsible for building my car yeah put a fucking yeah put a spaceship put a, out there. Yeah. Put a spaceship send a rocket into space yeah. yeah like it's not rocket science right right you know yeah well what? actually i have a rocket scientist building my car <laughs> right. <laughs> right so it's it's wild man i mean i'm blown away by the management aspect of yeah. it too it's yeah. one it's one thing to be a super smart person mm-hmm um, and not to give all the credit to Elon because right. he's just the guy at the top. Right. You know, there's all thousands of people beneath him making it happen. Um, but the, he, that, that there's this unified sort of group of people all working towards. So earlier, Frank and I were talking, and he was talking about how he went out to California. That Tesla brought him out to California. And my immediate thought was, okay, well, cool. They sent him out there for a training. They wanted him to learn this new thing and learn that. no. They sent them out. The, you tell you tell the story. So we what, why out, were you out there? We uh, obviously with the whole you know COVID nineteen you know situation, it's it's got a lot of people you know in unfortunate positions. And the way that I understood it, when it came down to it, you know, uh, Elon and the factory, everyone out there were pretty certain that they were you know going to be able to keep rolling. Obviously, you know, there was the threat with moving to Texas and the billions of dollars it would cause to do that, but something had to give. You know, we had to get customers their cars. The Model Y was to debut in March. What, like three weeks into March, we had COVID and people started shutting down? Right. At that point in time, COVID had pretty much already gotten its way into the factory as far as just shutting it down. I think they had one... One case at, at, at a point in time where they were suspecting a positive outcome or something like that, and they shut a department down for about four hours, disinfected everything. I mean, it was, a, it was an extremely, you know, safe, you know, situation. They, they cleaned up best they could as far as, you know, just trying to protect everything, and they got back after it. But, you know, that three months, almost three weeks that the plant was down, I mean, we just debuted Model Y. So when I was there, we were on around the 17 to 18,000 VIN number cars. Mm -hmm. So we were just getting into 18, almost 19,000 cars. I think we actually had the, some 20,000 VIN numbers right towards the end of our stay. And I mean, dude, that was right when the brand new model comes out. So they had to do something when they got rolled back. So let me, let me make sure I understand yeah. clearly. Yeah. So California, mm -hmm. the governor says, you're done. Yeah, you you, you, you got to lock down. up your doors. Right. Okay. And so was that like three, four weeks? It was about three weeks. I think it was almost four, but I, I, I don't know the numbers exactly. So, so the factory was that, completely idled yeah. on everything or just Model Y? Everything. I mean, everything. they shut the plant down. Three, Y, yeah. everything. Yeah. Okay. And they have, 
the way that it works is they've got about 30 to 33 bays of service possibility if a car comes off the line and there's something that needs to be taken care of. All of that was down. And I'm talking Model Y, 3. 3 and Y is always the same. And then S and X is like another side of the factory. So, and if I ask a question that mm-hmm. you, you're not supposed to answer, say I'm not supposed to answer, but... Right. Um, so, as cars are leaving the production line, you were basically part of quality insurance. So, they exactly. brought you from Missouri... Yes. ...to California to be yeah. cart, part of quality assurance... Right on Model Y so they could get their production numbers back up to make up for lost production right. because they, the factory we, is down. We went to about maybe about 150 cars, and I'm just going to throw some real basic numbers out here. Don't hold me to anything, but this is kind of what I got. In about a 24-hour period, we went from 150 cars at, uh, every 24 hours to almost 250 pretty much overnight. Wow. So just in general, anytime anyone takes a manufacturing level that fast in less than 24 hours on something like this, I mean, we're not making, you know, jigsaws here. We're, we're making cars. So, it, you know, there, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. And they, that was their way of trying to aid in that. We had, I think, per week while I was there, I know I at least saw four to five guys in my area per week coming in from other areas. I mean, we had some guys from L.A. We had one group of guys come in from Los Angeles that were supposed to be there for two weeks. They made it three days, and they got called back. Service just got crazy. Wow. You know, as soon as COVID opened up a little bit of structure back into the community, I mean, people were dumping their cars off left and right just trying to get service. And So the only other area that I've ever heard of this sort of um, flexibility in in the workforce is in the the uh, electric delivery system the mm-hmm. grid system you know yeah. the, your your power and utility companies when a big storm comes through it wipes out a bunch of you know knocks down trees on power lines and tornadoes yeah. come through it ravages stuff and you'll have electricians from all over the country yeah. flood into an area yeah. get the place fixed up go right. home right. and and that's the only ever only time i've ever yeah. seen where yeah. the 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 workforce changes mm-hmm. based on the need right and and that's that's um, the power grid. Obviously, is a very different thing than mm-hmm. than building a car. Right, but the I support think it's is amazing the, that Tesla yeah. did that. Yeah, it's it was wild. I mean, and you know the the lot of the shops, you know, often they they you can look at this two different ways. You can look look at it a we you know they need the help. They got to get the support, so they're gonna they're gonna try and reach out wherever they can. But b it's an awesome learning experience. You're getting oh firsthand problems of these cars. You know possibly not not wanting to cooperate right off the line or you know you get home and maybe you see a similar condition oh hey you know what underneath the headliner there was that one connection it we i mean soft set connection is a thing i mean we've ran into it it sometimes it can kind of be along the lines of the firmware situation. How, how many model threes have you guys built so far right now while i was there we had just clicked off i want to say around vin numbers between 770 and 780 780,000. 780,000 Model 3s, and the car's been selling they, they, for d- two Tesla years? Tesla as a brand's been out since, what, 09, 10, maybe 11-ish? Well, uh, for our well. first, I'm just saying, for yeah. our first Roadsters, those were our first ones, and then we saw Model S, I want to say in 12 or 13, something like that. And, uh, I mean, we're only, we saw our 400,000th uh, Model S while we were there, so we saw a 403 car. So, I mean... For threes to already be in close to the eight hundred thousand range, and they've so been out. There's double the number of threes, and oh, there are. Tr- I mean, if you consider the amount of time, we're what in two thousand eighteen. We saw Model Three, 
We're 2020 <laughs> in two years. We're four times the number. So almost. yeah. So if anybody yeah. out there is looking at their stock price and saying, "Oh, this is bogus," yeah, I, your, your I, our customer support is all these everyone that that is shooting for these trucks to come out. I mean, it 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 it, it directly resembles how many people are interested in that. That hundred hours that everyone puts down, that's aiding in all of that. Yeah. I mean, that's where you're seeing those numbers go crazy. It's awesome. It's a it's a it's a wild time for this company. It really is. And it, and there's almost too much good news. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems well, crazy. You know, people ask me, well, how do you like your car? And I always say, I don't like it. I absolutely fucking love it. Like yeah. I love the car. Yeah. I I never. I always get a little bit of a good feeling, if not a lot of good feeling, every time I get in it to go somewhere because it's just fun to drive. Right. Um, right. It's so entertaining as a driver, as a passenger, whatever. It's just a, a really nice place to be. And then you start getting into the details as to why that is. And you can just go on and on and on forever about the little details that you, I particularly can. As a Porsche owner, one of the neatest things that I saw was when um, my car was in for service and I got to see it for the first time underneath. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. seeing the way the car was built and right. how it was overbuilt. Because right. I'd had a Ford Probe prior. Mm -hmm. And when you, see the, when you see the control arm right. or, or, or an A arm mm -hmm. for a Ford Probe and then you compare it to that of what you see on a Porsche, right. they're, they're, they are very vaguely the same thing right you know right. um they're they're quite remarkable in their differences mm -hmm. in the engineering and so i take a look at the tesla and I, and just they they started from scratch yeah it's it's insane and i I'll, I'll, another point that i definitely like to put out there and it's definitely nothing against any other brand i i grew up a gm fanatic you know uh buddies growing up were ford you know, another group of buddies were, were Chrysler. I mean, it, it grew up, you know, un, uh, fairly domestic, but, you know, coming out of middle school into high school, you know, the tuner revolution was, was definitely there, you know, got a little bit of that. I definitely, you know, tried to gain a good amount of source of knowledge from every, and I don't say every manufacturer, but every uh, genre of cars. I mean, that's my thing. And everyone had some sort of an unfortunate flaw in service or you know oh, we got to take this component off to replace another one or oh, yeah. i'm not gonna lie man everybody's got some kind of a situation that's going to be hard to you know get that bolt or if it bolt falls down you know some of these cars if the bolt falls in the wrong hole it falls right on top of the battery pack and the only way to get it out is to drop the pack so obviously you know there are situations but for the most part these cars are designed to be maintenance they're designed to be taken oh, no care kidding. of if they need if they even need the maintenance you know, that's the biggest thing about them is there's a lot of stuff they don't need. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, they're designed <laughs> to be worked on. If something's there, they make it where, hey, you know, you don't have to unscrew a bolt and drop a bolt. It's a snap-in panel. And the clips are strong enough to hold the panel in. So it's, yeah. it's again, man, you I, know, somebody for, was thinking on some of this stuff. For a long time, I drove GM minivans. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I, have a, I had a family that needed driven around. And I also did, I used a, a van for my electronics work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I've had these vans for a long time. And the, they put the battery on the passenger side. Yeah. And I'd be, if you're familiar with this vehicle at all, you know where I'm going with this. If you have to change the battery, you know what you got to do? You basically have to pull the fuse panel out. Oh, wow. And there's a, there's a, a, a kind of like a strut brace 
Oh yeah, yeah. It sits right. It's over down the, behind it. Yeah, like yeah, the safari right the vans or like the yeah. yeah. You had yeah. to you had to pull the strut race express off. Express yeah. Yeah, it was a thirty. Well, for me, it was like a thirty or forty minute process. Somebody right. who does it for a living probably do it in ten. But right. it was it was just, just something as simple as changing the battery on a van right. was a right. total pain in the dick. Right. Right. And and if you're me, you're saying, well, can't there be a better way? Right. Just put the damn thing in the back where you right. got tons of space. You know what you I got, mean? You, and and uh, I think. BMW for a little while did that. They may still. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, they do uh, battery right. in the back um, a lot. I know that uh, some like when GM did the uh, the Pontiac G8 or the the uh, the Holden side of things from Australia. A lot of those are in the back. You know, their fuel tank okay. is actually there's a rear firewall in those cars, and their fuel tank runs between the trunk and the back seat. It's kind of a weird setup, like on a GTO or a, okay. uh, G8. Don't uh, I'm sorry, that's a GTO. So they were more in the Holden industry, but. Um, Let's take the same factor minivan, for instance, and go to Chrysler Town and Country. They put the battery behind the passenger side uh, passenger side wheel well. You had to take the wheel well skirt out and the wheel off to get to the battery. It sat right behind the skirt. So it was, again, why are we doing this with a battery? I mean, yeah. batteries, it, it can be considered a maintenance item. So, you know, it's like. Well, yeah, you expect to change a battery. Exactly. It's not and, like you hope that you don't have right. to. You and expect you, to. And you get into these cars, you get into our brand, and it's like, okay, well, one panel, maybe a couple bolts, and it's out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most of our customers have seen, you know, we can, the, the reason that most of these parts that you may see down the road I don't want to say fail, but get fatigued is they hold a lot of their electrical components to a very high standard, mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the quality of the part, but the resistance through the product, you know, the, um, the conductors, how well they're crimped on or whatnot. Uh, if it's not exactly perfect and it throws any small alert that it doesn't like, you know, we're going to either need to replace it or, uh, or, or, or fi- just fix it in general, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to throw an alert. So it's, it's definitely a little bit of a different world, but it's nice to see, you know, a lot of stuff revive. Even when you come to revision parts, I mean, we're so far into the letter of the alphabet on revisions, on cars that are that have been out for two years. They're constantly not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel, but they're constantly trying to make something that's already good and make it better, even if the customer doesn't see an issue with it. Well, I've experienced that already with the software updates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've owned the car for. 10, 8, 9, 10 months, something right, like that. Right. And I've had no less than a dozen software updates. Oh, and yeah. every single time I get a software update to the car, it's better. Yeah. It's better than it was the night before. Right. Like, I mean, you're familiar with, I think it was last Christmas. I think on Christmas Day, yeah. we had like two or three updates on the yeah. same day or within the first, you know, within the, ne- uh, I don't know, three or four days of the holiday. It was wild. We had a lot of goofy hiccups, but, you know, well, they, my, one of my favorite ones was. Um, I went to bed one night and I woke up the next day and a, and a software update I had initiated and had done and they increased the efficiency of the car by 10%. Yeah. So my zero to 60 went from 5.5 seconds to five seconds. Right. And I also got 10% more battery range <laughs> off of a yeah. software update. Yeah. Now whose, whose car out there has yeah. ever got a software update and all of a sudden you get five more miles per gallon. Right. It doesn't right. exist. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I, yeah, it's and and by the way, like who in their right mind names their cars S three X and Y? <laughs> I know. Play it out, man. Just read it. It's, it's just I know it's it's a weird concept, but it's it works. I'm, I'm glad he was a billionaire 
entrepreneur because he's just silly enough and just ballsy enough to do right? something like right. that. It's the whole concept. We just spoke about this earlier. Uh, and, you know, we're, let's get on to the truck for a second. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that even I don't know yet or we're all kind of waiting on. But the whole concept with this company right now, we were just talking was, you know, even if it's not his brand, the dream is still unveiling. Uh-huh. You know, he came out with these cars. He came out with the more range. And what's the first thing you see? Ford finally got out there. They got their Mach-E. Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. Yep. Mach-E I would mean, never happen if it no, wasn't for Tesla. I, I, if it did, it wouldn't be now. I, I definitely don't think so. If we kept yeah. 200 and 250 mile range cars and that's all we had, I don't think people would even be jumping on it as much as they are. But look at the truck. I mean, it's... It, it's cool because it's different, but to a lot of customers or to even a lot of, you know, innocent people watching, it can be considered fairly ugly. You know, it can be <laughs> not the greatest looking thing, something out of Halo, you know, definitely not what we're used to or we're expecting. And he named it Cybertruck. Very right, well. right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, find me one person out there that hasn't seen it. And even if they don't like it, know what it is. Yeah, everybody everybody knows, what it knows it. Most people hate it. But they got it. It's stuck in their brain. I tell you what. So it's, it's taken that weird edge or that weird concept and running with it. And look what it's doing. It's wild. I'm, I'm almost certain that there is a majority of people who dislike the look of it. Yeah. I'm also oh, sure. almost certain that when that thing goes rolling down the road, their first reaction is going to be, God, that's ugly. Right. Their second reaction is, God, that's ugly. Third reaction Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth it's, reaction it's is going to be grow. like, where can I get one of those? <laughs> I, I think I need to test drive that. By right. the 10th reaction, they're going to be all in. Like I said, man, if the amenities come out that they're, they're suggesting, dude, onboard, air, uh, onboard uh, pneumatic system, not only for the suspension, but if you need to you know, air up somebody else's tire, you know, 110 and 220 onboard, uh, technically a, a coverable, a factory tonneau cover that's retractable, you know, I don't know. It's it's wild. Triple motor. You know, you go for the high big daddy. We're talking 10, 10, you know, 1080s in the quarter. Like, dude, I don't know. It's 10, 1080 in a truck, bone a stock. A truck, bone yeah. stock, 1080. That's madness. Yes. That's madness. Bring it. That's all I can say that's is bring madness. it. That's madness. I'm, I'm, uh, and, and yeah, that's madness. I, I, I can't, I can't wait either. Um, I, I, I feel awkward liking tesla as much as i do <laughs> i know I because know. the same way yeah never I'm, in a million years i grew up in drag racing and diesel trucks now for about nine years and this is the it's a weird it's a weird time but man the performance the efficiency and the fact that we're going right now in the history of it we're going faster than a lot of stuff and it's not even close to what we thought would be you know what's propelling these vehicles nowadays it's mm-hmm. wild yeah yeah and so we, we don't have to make this an entire podcast about yeah. tesla man yeah um i know you're a car guy go ahead and give me go ahead and give me the rundown man tell me tell me what it is that you can't stop thinking about when you're when you're sitting at home having a beer uh you know the the biggest thing is just it, for me it's being it's being around it 24 7 the culture yes and we had a really good conversation before we you know uh started into this podcast and for everybody out there you know if there's this is my first time doing this so it's definitely a little bit of a a a fun reaction but at the same time you know if i've misspoke or anything like that i do apologize it's definitely nothing uh 
out of the ordinary for me to, yeah, to throw out my thoughts. But there's no script here, guys. Right, right. So <laughs> we're but it. At the same time, man, we we talked about the the passion. You know, when something comes up, like my my initial feeling towards any situation that comes up is like, man, I if if there's any way that I can help, and I and I try to produce that in my service through my company, through myself, through my family, however you want to put it, like we're all here to help each other. And at the end of the day, if you're passionate about something, I don't care what it is, dude, I want to hear about it. I want to feel what you feel. I want to understand why you feel that way. And for me, it's cars. If it's working on them, if it's, you know, being in them, if it's making them faster, if it's eh, not always the same way, but if it's just going out and, and beating the heck out of one just to have a good time. And, you know, it's, it's the times that come with it. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually listened to a little bit of Rob's um, podcast with Tim Newton on yeah. the way here. And you guys really, really got into basically that. It's a different genre. I grew up more into drag racing. And like I said, the, you know, the diesel industry, um, more of the, you know, the kind of the street racing aspect. But, you know, it, the culture is the culture, man. You know, there was a, a benefit we did not too long ago. And I can't remember his last name, but the first name was Alec. He mm-hmm. had, um, I don't remember what, he had a medical condition and he got real sick and he did end up passing and they did a huge cruise benefit and it started out of Six Flags in St. Louis. Okay. And I mean, I've never gotten choked up crazy on automotive stuff, but the amount of support, they said over 700, and I think at the end of the day, 750 cars showed up and over wow. 1,100 cars were part of that cruise. And wow. it went all the way through Arnold, Barnhart, you know, back to Six Eureka. It was all the way through. I, not Barnhart. I take that back. I think it was more DeSoto area is where it went through. And, I mean, remarkable. It was, I mean, everybody at the end of the day had the same reaction. And, I mean, we had kids that were 17, 18 years old. We had guys that were 35, 40. We had 50. I mean, we had, we had veterans, you know, in their super nice 60s corvettes i mean in there we had uh i think at one point we had a few motorcycles involved and all the motorcycles were up front it was wild i mean it's the passion i mean for me i don't know like if i if it floats flies or rolls we're messing with it so okay i've had this okay so as you get to know me you'll figure out that this brain, man, it's always moving. It's coming up with shit all the time. <laughs> That's good. And I've had this once, this sort of, it's not really a bucket list item, but maybe mm-hmm. it is kind of bucket list. But maybe, maybe kind of a possible hobby, maybe something I do a couple times a year. I'd really like to do a Top Gear style challenge. Yeah. And I think you might be just one, just the perfect kind of guy to include on this. I got a couple other guys that are out there in the fringes who are car guys. Um, I've got a I've got a buddy who's a Mustang guy. Yeah. That I might have to get involved in, and obviously I'm I've got my Tesla connection. Right. Um, you know, you'd be up for a couple day adventure. Oh, for sure. Some- I mean, I've, I've been I've been pursuing a lot of people. There's we've got a we've got a Facebook group on uh, yeah uh, in St. Louis uh, St. Louis St. Louis Tesla enthusiasts or enthusiasts of St. Louis Tesla uh, and. It's been, uh, I think, one of the guys on there. I cannot remember his name, and I apologize, but we—he's been trying to do set up like a, a drag race event at yeah. the local track in Gateway. Gateway, well, it was Gateway. Now it's uh, Gateway Motorsports Park, or uh, I can't even think of the name of that. Yeah, it's been but, um, sold a couple times. Right, Hard but to keep up with. they—I mean, it, and I've been telling myself, like, dude, I want to be the fast, 
you know, with the guy with the fastest one in St. Louis. Yeah. Like somebody that, and it's hard because you can't really get in and turn them up. You know, you've got the older ludicrous modes and whatnot for Model S, but um, the the real only thing you can do with these cars is lighten them up. And there's a, there's a, I can't remember the guy's name either. He's down south. It's the Tesla Racing Channel on YouTube. He's got a white P100D, and I think he just recently got a Raven or he's had a Raven for a while. Same trim. Is it the kid? Yes, it's the younger guy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm they familiar. actually had him. There was a Netflix series called, I think it's just called The Fastest Car. You know, and I've he, watched the series. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. You got to get through them. They're all on Netflix now, but he he was one of the supercar owners. Yeah. And he had his Tesla as one of the ones where the guys, you know, the other the other drivers, you know, they built their cars and, you know, they got them up. But this kid is an avid, like, he's he's an avid racer. Like, yeah, he's got it, a Mustang and it's built and he does all kinds of stuff it, with it. It started off, the, the, the Model S was his dad's, wasn't it? Yeah. He just started think, farting around with right, it. Right. He started messing with it and then they, they, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's gutted. It's yeah. got no interior. It's got two Kirkies in it. Like, it's it's badass. I, last I saw, he was on, uh, he put 18s all the way around on it. And I think there were 18-inch beadlock wheels with drag riddles on all four corners. Like, it was, <laughs> dude. And, and he's he's got a video of him, you know, playing around on the street with a couple guys. What is he doing in that car? Zero to, uh, what's, what's he uh, doing Dude, I don't quarter? remember his times, but I know he was running like a six, I want to say like a 650 eighth mile index class with it. And he showed up with a hundred. I think it was like a hundred percent charge. Uh, he raced like maybe 20, 25 times, won the class, and went and went home with a seventy-five percent battery capacity. So, and that's I mean you know full throttle you know passes yeah, eight miles. So it's that he I know he's been ten sixties in the in the S, but I know I don't know if he's been ten fifties. I want to say he may have cracked a ten fifty pass, but. I know he was doing it. He does a lot of really good videos. He's actually got like a separate, um, there's a thing they got out called now, it's called a draggy, and it actually gives you like quarter mile times, okay. G-force, all that. It It's all an app on your phone with a little GPS monitor you put on your dash. But he's got a pretty more, he's got one that's actually integrated into the car so it can monitor wheel slip and stuff like that. And I'm, I want to say he's been 1050s with it, but he's got a lot of good information I, watching his videos. I've got a, um, a, a probably a lowball question. Yeah. You mentioned the Raven. Yes. I'm under the impression that the P100D is like the top model car, but yes. there is this thing called the Raven out there that is what? It, How they, is it different? The way that, from the way that I understand, it's I think it's it's the it's similar to the tech the uh, the brushless motor technology that's in the Model Three. They've basically taken, I want to say that they've taken that rear drive motor, the technology that's in the rear of the Performance 3, and that's what's in the front of a Model S now. Okay. And I, I, I'm not positive they're both brushes. I've been trying to do most of the research on it, and a lot. I'm sure anybody out there that owns it or knows a little bit more than I could, could give better information on it. But it's basically they're just calling it the Raven because one of the drive units has got, uh, I want to say it's considered a brushless motor now. So And they're supposed to be... You know, I want to say the newest one out there considering a 2.30 to 60 on the newest Model S P100D Raven. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Tesla website yeah, right now. Yeah. And it, yeah, 2.30 to 60. Yep. There you go. And if we take back and look at our Roadster, when they came out with numbers on that, 1.90 to 60 on the Roadster. So you're telling me a car that's twice the height, twice the weight, and holds pretty much twice the amount of people yeah. can do four tenths four, well, four tenths slower dude all day long yeah. sold yeah like, and that's my realm like i'm into the drag racing so i don't i don't really care what it looks like you know how it drives necessarily if it's quick 
I'm all in. And that's and that's the thing that that there are so many. Uh, here we are. We're back at Tesla again. I know. It's um, hard to get away. So from it. Um, that's the one of the remarkable things obviously that there's the way the thing looks and then there's the way the thing drives and the the remarkable thing about the way the thing drives is just how damn fast they are yeah everybody says oh they they like to jump onto the instant torque thing and yes as a talking point that's nice go experience it right. holy shit man that's why i i have my brother is like you know, I, I, I keep going back to him he he's got a leaf now and he'll probably give me a little trouble for getting on this kick but, <laughs> uh that's fine you need it i know you're interested hey, but a leaf will transport you from one from point a to point b and you'll be dry and you'll be right. safe and 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 you know, you if you're wanna, a guy, you might be sterile in a couple of years. But <laughs> do you want to propel to your next location, or do you want to just get there? It's Which not adding to the testosterone. But that, those every, are my words, not Frank's. Every yeah, everybody that's been in it that I've I try to do like sometimes I'll try to do weekend test drives and get some family in, and uh, we actually for my niece's 16th birthday or my cousin I guess we're we're that close, but um, for her 16th birthday we were able to get her one. We did it. Um, we did do kind of like a drive-by birthday party because it yeah. was during all the COVID. And uh, she got a chance to drive one. And she, she's just like any other, you know, younger generation kid that I've met this day. Like, I felt like sometimes these kids know more than I do about the cars. And they don't even, they've never even been in one. What model did you get her to drive? We got her in, we, it was a P85. So okay. it was a performance. Actually, I take that back. So the way they're doing them now is they're all considered P100s. It's just whether they're dual motor performance. And okay. I think you have a stand, you like we were saying, I think you either have like a standard. I know you've got a dual motor long range, mm-hmm. so I think that's it. Your dual motor base, dual motor long range, or dual motor performance. Gotcha. I don't think on the S and S and X, I don't think you can do rear drive anymore, rear drive only. But um, it was a dual motor. It was, I think, it was a long range, mm-hmm. which they're still plenty quick. They're still oh fun. God. Yeah. But um, I mean, experiencing them to autopilot and it had full FSD. I mean, it was. Yeah. Like they knew it, but they just, it's like anything else. It's like us when we got our engineering car that we drove around for a little while. We know it. We just never been in it to experience it. So, so I've, I have this one friend, Crystal. She and I went out uh, for a drive one time. We went to a neighboring town and, and had a beer and, and hung out. And I let her drive the car back. And um, we we're on the interstate. And, and the car, you know, had her take the, take the um, off ramp. Mm-hmm. And with the autopilot turned on. And the car reads the turn mm-hmm. slows for the turn yeah. and then also controls the wheel in autopilot yeah. Yeah. and for someone who's never experienced it you should have heard her oh yelling. it's, it's rowdy like, oh my god oh, oh my god, it's, oh my god. It's, yeah like, no no trust it trust it trust it trust it yeah. it's fine the first time i tried to do it uh me and a buddy of mine my one buddy scott we were actually on one of our back roads by our home it was actually the same car that um, I had the first time for my niece on her 16th birthday and we were coming up on like a 35 mile an hour, like hairpin left hand turn. Yeah. And we were almost there, but we just couldn't do it. Like we were like, Oh, it was an autopilot. It was doing great. It was a two lane asphalt. But man, if this, if the car went off that road, we were done. Oh like, boy. It was yeah. bad. So we, we made it about, I'd say 75% into that turn and we just had to grab it. So yeah. it's unfortunately we didn't get it. To, we didn't let it eat all the way through that turn, but it is, man. It, it's a hard concept to be okay with. It really is. I, yeah, you have Most, to. You have to do the whole trust fall. Yes, thing. yes, for sure. <laughs> and you're best off to do it on a straight, smooth highway. But yeah. the first experience I had trying to get off on an off ramp, I that may have again. You know, here we are. It may have been a firmware change because the first one I tried it, it wouldn't let me do it. It actually mm. kept me on the highway. 
So, so my car has what's called autopilot, mm-hmm. and um, the the gal that I'm dating, she has full self drive. Okay. And so my car doesn't take off ramps. Her right. car does. Gotcha. So um, that could have been, it could yeah, have been her, her version or her her car will take and change you from one interstate to the next one. So you can be on I-55 and need to merge on the 44, and it'll do the whole merge on its own. Right. Turn signals slow, speed up, um, merge into traffic, let traffic merge the whole nine yards. It does it. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole trust fall thing with those cars and letting letting the car steer itself is trippy. Oh yeah, it's, it's super trippy. It, it takes a. But I tell you what, gotta like, have some patience. I was in I was in Springfield, Missouri over the weekend, and that's a long drive from here. It's four and a half hours roughly. Yeah, yeah. And you know I can make that drive, and I'm no worse for wear when I get to my destination. Just being able to set autopilot. Keep one hand on the wheel. Generally, keep an eye on traffic around you, but really just being able to disconnect the little bit that you get to in that car makes makes the trip, oh, especially yeah. the interstate part, oh, yeah. so easy. Like, I can... It takes tra- it takes the element of traffic out of it for you. Oh, my God. You can... I mean, we've got customers that... I mean, not condoning any of this, guys, but, I mean, we got customers... Fuck, man. They'll, they'll get on... I mean, they'll, they'll, you know, send emails, they'll, you know, finish up a spreadsheet. I mean, I know, again, we're not condoning any of this, guys, but... Shouldn't do it. Yes, yes, but But. at the end of the day, that's what we're going for here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make your life easier. We're trying to make it, you know, less worrisome. You know, it's, it's, who else is doing it? Who else is doing it? Yeah, I mean... Nobody. Yeah, the... Yeah, the car driving itself is remarkable. I, it's one of the things that I've loved about it a lot is that uh, my my I do a lot of driving, mm-hmm. and when I get to my destination, I am notably more relaxed yeah. because I'm not stressed out by traffic. I'm not stressed out by the fact that I just spent an hour in the car. Yeah, you know, it, it it's, concentrating on a road when you got some thirty other things on your mind. Yeah, yep, and that's the truth too. That's the truth, and. As a person who doesn't have to study the road quite so strongly as the person next to me, right. I'm watching people passing me or I'm passing somebody else and I can look over at them and, and the car's driving itself and I can take and look at them. The percentage of people who are driving while handling their phone is significant. Oh, yeah. I and mean, their car is not looking out no. for them. I, my, we, car is looking, my car is actively trying to keep me alive. Right. We've, <laughs> we've all been part of that unfortunate demographic of you know having to check a message or yeah oh let me just send this real quick i mean come on guys we we've all been there but this is where it's you have a huge possibility on saving yourself from doing that and i don't want to say you have to not feel guilty about doing it but at the same time you can feel comfortable about doing it or you can concentrate i've done it when we had an engineering car that they allowed us to drive and i went from chesterfield st louis all the way to wentzville the only thing i had to do was the getting from like 70 to 40 Mm -hmm. that was the interchange that it didn't really like but as soon as i kind of got it to go over and put autopilot back on once i got into that lane yeah going west on 70 it was back back to business i mean it got me all the way to wentzville parkway highway a got me to that exit and I didn't have to, other than the one lane, I never had to touch the wheel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it stops in front of car, you know, stops up behind cars. I never thought about like even, even your adaptive cruise control will do that. Right. You know, it'll slow down if it's got a car in front of it. I've had, I mean, it'll, it'll go complete stop. Yeah. You know, in traffic and then speed back I, up. I actually deliberately, 
if I'm on like Olive, mm-hmm. yeah, you know how yeah. long oh, Olive yeah. is. It's like Limburg, man. You can speed up to you, 45, 50 miles yeah. an hour, but then also run into a stoplight. I'll deliberately get behind another car to let it modulate my speed right. and stop me. Right. Because that way I don't have to do anything. Right. I can just sit there and be a passenger. What about Manchester when you get down towards Brentwood and oh, like uh, Kirkwood area and you got the one guy making the left-hand turn in the fast lane? <laughs> you know? Dude, ha- accident. I mean, those are your biggest accident because you don't catch yeah. it. You know? Yeah. And, and traffic's, you know, it's manslaughter road, man. You know, people are going people are going 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour down Manchester sometimes. Yeah, people out of town might not be, might, right, might yeah. not get the context. No, but yeah, but. There are some parts of St. Louis where the driving's crazy. Dude, I'm telling you. Crazy. I mean, we get, we, you get it everywhere. Everybody's got their, uh, their bad spots, but. Yeah. So what's your car history, man? I man, know that I know you're a crazy car lover. Yeah, what's your so history? I, I grew up, I'm currently, I'm just going to throw all my, all my toys out there right now, but I currently own a, it's actually the first one I'll put out there is my dad and my car. It was his first car. He got it when he was 13 years no old. No way. It's a 1939 Ford Deluxe. Wow. So yeah, it's fat fendered Ford as everybody would get into, but uh, it's maroon in color. It's it's a project. You know, it, it was my dad's first. It was his play toy. He's been wanting to kind of turn that one into more of like a legitimate hot rod. He wants to put, you know, a driver hot rod, a cruiser, as, as you could say, I guess. But he wants to put power steering on it, AC, you know, all the, all the amenities, which, you know, my whole theory on that is it's not what it was when he had it. And that's how I always remember that car. Right. So I don't really want to go into all that, but we'll see. Time will tell on that. That's That's kind of been the one that's... It's hard to touch without the old man there and still got my dad, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, he's still in my life and everything's good there, but it's just hard now because he's moved out to the country and it's been a little harder oh, to have yeah. a father son build when, you know, it's, it's something kind of like that. So distance is right. It makes make it, it makes it more difficult, but with, we got, you know, we're, we're due September with our first little man. So, you know, until we can get all that, you know, here and settled a little bit more, we'll, we'll dive back into that. But my other play toy is a uh, 1987 Cutlass. Okay. G body, as everybody puts it out there. The 87, huh? Yeah. Um, so in 87, they offered a range of different headlight options. Well, I should—I don't know if it was all through 87, but towards the end. And instead of having like a dual bucket light on each side, it, there was just one solid headlight. Kind of okay. what almost every car is now. So that's kind of been a play toy. I, you know, I always wanted to get into the G body world. I was more into like the Malibus from like 78 to 80 range. But... This one came up. It was actually a good buddy of mine selling it, and I, I couldn't pass it up. Too good of a deal. But um, amongst that, most of my daily driven is I've got an 06 Dodge 2500 Ram. Um, you know, it's got the Cummins engine, as a lot of people would know. But uh, but other than that, um, the family rig now is an 04 Tahoe, super clean. It's got newer Tahoe wheels on it. Um, and I got my Ford Transit. That's my mobile Tesla, yeah. Tesla, you know, mobile van. So that's the, the support vehicle. The brilliant thing about that. Well, I mean, there's many brilliant things about it, especially from a technician standpoint, but dude took and put Tesla wheels. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Tesla, it, the Tesla sport wheel right. on this Ford Transit van, which <laughs> I have a transit van as well. So right, my immediate right. thought is damn yeah we 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 clicked we clicked pretty much right away when he seen me pull up in that so for the first time this is our second visit now i think yeah it is a mobile visit for you so but the crazy part is that just for anybody out there that's curious model s model x carry the same bolt pattern as a five lug gm so five on four and three quarter or 5.7 five on 4.75 and the Model 3 and Model Y carry the same Ford, uh, 
bolt pattern as forward for a five lug setup, five on four and a half, or in metric, five on five on one fourteen point three. So being that said, I tried to go off the fact that hey, I think I'm pretty sure. Since it's a Ford, I can take my five lug wheel that's off a three and just bolt it right up to a transit. Yeah. Well, I learned quick. Uh, Ford Transit actually is a quarter inch smaller bolt pattern. So it's five oh. by 4.25, five, five by four and a quarter. So in order to do it right, we had to get wheel spacers or adapters, I should say. And it pokes it out. It, I had to go at least one inch. It's just, or one and a quarter, I think, is the smallest I could find. So it does have a little bit of poke out. It's not exactly a low rider oh, mobile, but I think it looks dude. It, epic. It, if it was any more <laughs> than what it is now, I probably wouldn't be able to get away with it. But it looks good. It's it's sleek. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I think so it looks epic. I figure if it's if I got to be in a Ford Transit for a Tesla mobile van, I'm going to make it as Tesla as possible. Yeah, and it's got the the Tesla center cap on it, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same. Everything from basically the hub out is all Tesla. We you can get little decals to uh, do the center cap. You know, different colors. If it's a uh, silver center cap, you can get a black vinyl. And we put the Tesla logo in red, and the center cap itself is flat black. So it really sticks out and looks nice. It's it's cool. Something different. Yeah. No, I thought it was I, – I think it's really neat. Like, the, the whole thing is from a technician standpoint. Yeah. Like, I have my van for my work. Right. And I look at your van and see it the way it's equipped and the tools. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate what you got going on over yeah. there. Yeah, dude, it was, I mean, I have to give it to the, you know, give it to the guys at Tesla. They definitely set it up for us to, to be efficient with. And I, uh, hands down, man, like I said before, it getting to this point has definitely been one of the easiest situations I've ever had put in front of me. And I don't want to say easy, like I didn't have to do shit to get here, but easy as in like the help and the support is there. All you got to do is ask and reach out. So as somebody who works hard in their business, I always thought, well, one of the reasons I work for myself is that I wasn't really getting, really didn't feel like I was getting rewards that were proportionate to the effort that I was putting in for my employers. Right. And I've always had a philosophy of that those, you know, uh, our, our rewards for our work should be proportionate to the work that we're doing right. the value that we're providing. And, uh, as an employee, you don't always get that benefit because the big guy on top needs to make more because he's the one who's, you know, he's had supplying, taken the yeah. risk. He's yeah. got to dish out way more than most people ever see. Yeah. Right. Um, but that being said, you know, working for places and not getting raises for years and all that sort of shit just wasn't good enough for me. And so that's, you know, when I had the opportunity to do my own thing and, 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 and try to support that, then it made sense to keep going in that direction. And here I am. Right. Um, it seems as if that's not the case with Tesla. They, it seems like they get somebody who the people that they have, the, the, the ones who have the knowledge and the work ethic seem to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's like you said, man. I mean, I've always been had the philosophy of of going through life with you're going to get out of anything which you put into it, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily get something in the end of it. Hey, you you learned that. Hey, putting all my energy into this aspect of whatever I'm doing, I, that's to me that just turns into experience. You know, not to touch the stove because you know you're going to get burnt. Yeah. You know, you know not to go with this company because you know you're going to get burnt, you know. But if you're willing to make the sacrifice, like as in anything else, and it shows, you know, they they are huge on wanting to promote within first. 
Excellent. They ne- they won't necessarily always do that, but they'll at least reach out first. Mm-hmm. So you know, big a, a big reach out for me right now is the semi truck program. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about that a little bit before. I'd love to get on it, but with COVID and everything else going on right now, it, it definitely kind of stopped a lot of stuff. But man, you know, I may not be with the company long enough, but I would love to put that kind of effort in. If there's room, hey, let's do it. Let's let's seek it out. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely been you know a wild experience seeing that. I mean, I, I got lucky because my work ethic, you know, and, and again, not guys, not to toot my own horn by any means. It's just, that's how it's been for me. But I, I had experience with my service writers and service managers and even technicians in the shop when it came to possibly fulfilling this third mobile tech position coming into these guys. Cause I did wheels for them. They seen me out on the lot in a mobile trailer cracking mm-hmm. the wheels off these cars, you know, painting the wheels, putting them back on, making sure customers were satisfied, making sure the keys were put away when I was done. Cause I, I couldn't tell you how many nights we were there after hours, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of anybody unlocking a car for me remotely. You know, I'm, I'm out oh, here okay. at eight thirty nine o'clock at night and my service managers or the, my uh, service rider at the time was like, Hey dude, you know, when you're all done, just shoot me a text. I'll jump in, I'll unlock it, toss the keys in, shut the hood or shut the trunk and it's good to go. Like, really? You can do that? Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, 13, 14, maybe 2015, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, like I said, you know, if, if, if you want to, sh- if you, if you have the ability and they, they see it or they're looking for the right qualities, they're all about it. That's, you know? that's, that's excellent to hear, particularly about someone in the automotive world, yeah. the automotive business, you know, that sort of positivity. And then also, um, like a large corporation nowadays, geez. And I also think that's why they're, why the company's working. Like they, they're, you're going to get the best out of people when you give them the opportunity to do so. For sure. And then you have all these people succeeding. I, I, yeah, I, we're the St. Louis, you know, we got the St. Louis Blues, right? We know what happens when a, when a good team plays well together. We win yeah. Stanley Cups. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and we play it out where COVID lets us hold on to that for hopefully another yeah, know, year. Right? So we'll see how that goes. I know. That's pretty ironic. But you know that they're, cool. you know they're going to do um, sort of a tournament? Yeah, I, uh, I guess they're... I, I'm, not, I'm not huge in following sports. You know, it's only kind of what I hear in the media and whatnot. But um, I guess... They're kind of doing the same with baseball, or they're going to try and do a full, maybe a full season with baseball. But I know with hockey, they're already talking about a Stanley Cup tournament, uh, tournament yeah. or championship or whatever. So. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a soccer fan, so right. Um, they've managed to so over in England, they have something called the Premier League. Okay. That's that's what I follow the most. I'm starting sports. to learn that a bit because my brother-in-law and his son are huge into soccer. Okay. So learning yeah. all of that and uh, that's a whole world, that's a, dude. yeah. And Which I, I had never thought about it, but football's big, but it's internet. It's it's local. Yeah, soccer's international. It like, is international. And from what I've been hearing, aren't they talking about changing up the dome or building a new stadium? No, there's a new St. stadium Louis being built in stadium. In for, yeah, yeah. So. St. Louis has been awarded an MLS franchise. Nice. So we that's a done deal. Yeah. And so if you drive downtown, you know where Union Station is. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge pile of dirt just to the west of it. Mm-hmm. That's where the new stadium's going. Oh, wow. It's under yeah. construction. One of my clients is the managing... Um, he owns the, the 
company that's managing the construction of the property. Okay. Yeah. I've I sat in his kitchen and looked at um, the blueprints. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Little inside it, story there. Yeah. 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 He's also, by the way, a Tesla owner. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> he's there had you a go. Mo- he's had a Model SP85 for years. Nice. Um, he also drives. He also has. Um, well, I, I don't want to air his laundry, but yeah. he has. He has an expensive <laughs> Italian sports car. Okay. You know which one he drives all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know which one's faster. Yeah. You already know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, interesting side note. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we are getting an MLS team. That's where the stadium's going. It's going to be totally dope. Yeah. But um, yeah, in any event, they took and they abbreviated like most teams play one game a week. Um, over in England, and they they're making it to where like they're playing a game every five days now. Oh, nice! So they can get all like the total number of games they would have for a full season. Yeah, they're getting them in, and they're playing into the summer, which are usually done by now, basically. So, um, but it's really weird because I'm watching the game. There's no fans in the stadium. Yeah, that's the one. Like I guess they've done a couple of UFC fights or something like that. Also, yeah. it's like. Do you add in the fan noise, or do you just let it ride? I mean, with, the punches with, are a lot louder, that's for sure. With soccer, they added fan noise. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they have, yeah. A, they have an audio producer that's, that's, that's adding in fan yeah. noise. Yeah. So if it's a home game and something good happens for the yeah. home team, it gets, wild. It gets louder. Yeah. And then something bad happens, he, he's got the booze going on, and yeah. you know, he's trying to replicate the real thing. And it's, uh, yeah. it's not... It, it's not incongruent it's not right, right it's not really terrible no, i was gonna say it's not necessarily wrong but at the same yeah. time it's you're not gonna get the guys running across the field as much as you would before yeah no, you know? no more streakers right so far right. so far yeah um so as a car guy like where'd you get it from uh, honestly, man, just a lot, you of, and your a lot buddies? of it. No, a lot of it did come from dad. You know, my dad. I, you know, he when I as I was about seven or eight years old, I really started taking to it, and and this is whole different you know side of things. But my brother, me and my, it's, he's actually my half brother. I've got uh, two step brothers, a stepsister, and a half brother, and my half brother kind of grew up in the same life. But he, you know, we just we were into a few different things growing up, and it was, you know. It's a little bit more personal on this note, but like, you know, me and my brother, we just had different upbringings. And for now, that's the best way to put it. There was a lot of hardship on one side or the other, but I, sure. I took to the automotive thing like insanely. Mm-hmm. You know, hands in, you know, just got crazy with it. But again, it was a, it was a different, li- you know, not lifetime, but like a different time, you know. Uh, different stage in life. Right, a different stage in life for my dad. So, you know, there were, there were different attributes that played to it. And obviously for me taking off so, with it so young and staying in it, you know, the, the things that may have changed with my brother were it just, it was like, again, it's different times. So, um, you know, it, it started off cleaning the floors, you know, sweeping the bath, you know, mopping the bathroom, wiping the sinks down. I mean, it, it started off not automotive related at all. And I mean, yeah. how most of us would hope that, you know, our next generations learn from the ground up. That's what we try to provoke. But I, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff these days, it just, it, they jump start too quick. You yeah, know, I don't want to say too quick, but and there's never there's always room for knowledge, but you got to understand what it's like to be, and then this may sound bad, but you gotta you gotta understand that level before you can advance to the next. Yeah, that's part of knowing that going to that next level. So for me, it was, you know, then we started playing around with you know pulling wheels off of cars, doing brake jobs, helping with oil changes, airing up tires, you know, topping off fluids, all that stuff, 
and it got into transmissions. And, you know, I didn't have a long run at that. You know, I only got into some of the older uh, Turbo 350 and Turbo 400 style transmissions, which are much bigger into drag racing nowadays instead of just your average vehicle driving on the road. But uh, it kind of stopped there, but it got into... Um, it got into more racing after that, but as far as where it started, man, it was all just, you know, growing up, and then I find out at going through high school, I had like three or four other buddies that all had family-owned businesses in automotive within my area. Oh, no you kidding. Know, I think it was a total of about four shops, one right down the street from the house. You know, we, we our shop was in Jennings. So, I mean, it was definitely a, quite of a, a culture shock, you know, yeah. being down there. But, you know, with all this crap going on in the world today, it's like, dude, for somebody that kind of went through some of that and, and, and was in those areas, I mean, there, that's, that's a totally different topic. And I understand that. We don't want, you know, well, today's okay. not a time to get into so, that. So, so for people listening, Jennings is, a, you know, a pretty poor part of the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't. And populated mostly by black folks right and, and and i mean it wasn't and it's like the demographic that it shows now when you drive through and it's like you look over anybody that doesn't know that area, oh that's that's the ghetto or that that's a bad part of town you know what man maybe it is now but it was beaver cleaver man i mean it was yeah. that was one of the 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 nicest areas in the in the in st louis kenlock all those berkeley i mean all those areas thrived and it's just you know, we can get into reasons and all that and whatnot. Yeah, that's the politicians figure right, out. Right, right. That's not our job for that. But, like, I was working there as a kid. You know, yeah. we had these people coming in off the street trying to get, you know, just basic things done on their cars. So it's like that helped me learn some of the, I don't want to say wrong ways to do it, but that learned, that helped me learn more of an actual, like, being a real mechanic. Mechanics okay, back yeah. in the day didn't put. They, we didn't have new parts. We didn't have. A, a, we didn't have the ability to just go out and buy a brand new engine. My dad had a '39 Ford in in the '60s. Mm-hmm. I mean '70s. We're talking that car's already 40 years old. Yeah. You know, and he's he's my he's younger than me at that time. So it's like everything that you go out and buy now. Oh, they got a, a turbo kit for this car, or they got suspension components you can just bolt on and go. You know, full bolt on. That's like a big term used now. They didn't have bolt-ons on 30s cars back then. You had to fucking make everything. Yeah. So it, it growing up with a lot of that, like, hey, we just got to get this car safe and on the road, and, and that's all this guy wants. All right, cool. Let's figure it out. You don't get that anymore, dude. And no. it's, that's why the mechanic aspect has changed over to technician. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing personal. I don't, I take it however. I, what do you do? I mess with cars. Like, yeah. I don't like to put a title on it because I may not know as much as the next guy or vice versa. But we, you know, here we are. We're, we're back at the passion of it. Like, all of that stuff comes back and it seats in hard whenever we, because you're never going to get out of those situations. You're always going to have that one customer that, man, well, they, they got a ton of stuff wrong with the car, but. There Let's was, make it safe and get them down the road. There, there was a time. I mean, yeah, the I, I live in a house that's not terribly bad to live in. Right. I drive a Tesla every day. Right. Like the quality of my life is quite good right now. Mm-hmm. There was a time when my ex-wife she hurt her back mm-hmm. and um, she wasn't able to work. Our income got decimated because yeah. we built our lifestyle on both those incomes. Right. Right. And um, we had a car repossessed. Um, like we we were we were down and out and i had to buy a two thousand dollar mercedes yeah you know i I, yeah i talk about having a mercedes but 
it was a two thousand yeah, dollar Mercedes. Think, you look at look at the the irony there. You oh, know man. what I mean? It's like back in the day, I had a Ford Escort. The something happened with the ignition, mm-hmm. so I had one of my buddies in the car because I was doing car audio back then. Yeah, I was doing all sorts of stuff, but one of the things that I was involved in was car audio. We put a push button ignition in it. Oh, not yet. You just, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, man. You, you, know, you got to improvise on some the, of these old cars. And, and it's like it was like okay, I can buy a whole new ignition system, right? Or I can take and basically, um, basically, um, what do they call it? Jumps uh, like a jump box. Well, what is what when you steal a car? Oh, a uh, hot wire. Yeah, hot we basically wire hot wire yeah, the car yeah. every time. Get a you couple have, wires and just yeah. Yeah, the only thing that kept anybody from driving away is the fact I locked the doors. Right. Once you right. got inside the car, you could start well, the car and, and, and drive if any, away. And if anybody that messes with them knows the old Fords back in the day, they always put the starter solenoid in the engine bay. So realistically, at least getting it to crank was no problem at all. Yeah. You just had to hot wire and. You know, hot wire the ignition part of it, and every, you just hit the key and go. But yeah, like I, I have very, very distinct memories of being very poor, right. not having enough right. money to do everything I needed to. And I remember one time uh, I had a Ford Probe. It was sort of a shitty car. It was like a sixteen hundred dollar car, and the exhaust, the muffler fell off the manifold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which right, means there's a weld right there. It's a cast manifold, and they, yeah. they either bolt it. Usually, it's a flange, but some of them had a short pipe that was part of it. Yeah, and they welded it. Yeah, and, and it so would break loose right at that. If, weld. You, if you're driving forward, mm-hmm. the muffler's hanging down the wrong direction, yeah, grinding into the pavement. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think we I think we strapped up some wire, and I took it to a friend of mine's dad, who basically had a farm. He had all this stuff. We got it up mm-hmm. on some jack stands and got up under it, and he. He fixed me up because I didn't have fucking money to. Yeah. I didn't have the money to go to a, a muffler yeah. shop to Get have the that whole fixed. New piece. Yeah, right. so there was there's definitely a sense of, especially when you live out here, you know, in small town America, mm-hmm. there's a certain component of figure it out, right? That right. doesn't exist in certain parts of the world, and yeah. definitely doesn't exist in the car, you know, right? And and I, you know, world. the the unfortunate part is I think in a lot of areas, you know, that's where just this day and age, it's. I don't want to say it's easy to lose track of that, but some of these, some of our younger generation, they don't have access to that. Yeah. Some of the, you know, some of the the parents never really had that or it never needed it. Let's put it that way. And that's where I think some of the, the lack of, I don't want to say lack of knowledge because they have knowledge in other areas, but the lack of, you know, uh, pursuing what you want or pursuing how you need to get there is lost because in those simple tasks yeah. on just dude you got to figure it out like it's it's not there it's it's easy with the right tools it's it's easy to advance quickly in some of these aspects of life nowadays yeah i so my son who is 18 like i'm i sort of am living with that yeah. concept a little yeah. bit and yeah. that i never learned like i'm not a sportsman Right. I'm not going to go out and kill something, bring it home and cook it. Right. I'll eat it. Right. Like, I right. like right. that food, but I right. don't like killing things. Right. Right. He's a little into the sportsman yeah. thing. And, That's another big side of me that... I've never been able to cultivate that in him. Right. So I've never... He's never been deer hunting. Right. right. He's only been fishing a handful of right. times. And I did that poorly. That's <laughs> all right. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that he pursues that outside of me. Yeah. I mean... So I, that way, if World War Three happens, at least right. he can get us food. <laughs> right. Right. Know? Otherwise, well, that, I'm starving to death. Yeah. That's another aspect i mean that's something that again i don't you know nowadays doesn't come up as much but that was the other side of cars for me you know we had a farm we have cattle we have oh, yeah. we cut hay you know we we bale that hay like we kill deer we kill turkey we go fishing it's been a lot less you know the last few years obviously with you know our little one coming here in september it's it's it, you know we've had to adjust a little bit from not you know going out and doing as much of that but 
it, it that's it's all personal decision when it comes to that but yeah um but yeah i mean that that kind of stuff helped i mean i went through boy scouts when i was a kid you know now they're hearing about all the crap that's going on with that yeah, i mean yeah, people but, coming out and this and that it's like uh, i i it's crazy to me because not once would i ever have thought that hey you know maybe this is going on maybe this is wrong and this shouldn't i never dealt with any experience like that so it's well, it, it's always the case that the few ruin right, it for the many. Right. I was just going to say, you know, it, one the negative jerk, outweighs the positive. One jerk-off does the wrong right. thing with a kid, and right. now, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds even if of thousands. It, even if it's not meant for any of that, yeah. it gets taken a certain way or whatever, and it's it throws the whole the whole process out of, out yeah, of proportion. I have, a, I have a good friend who's a troop leader in our area, mm-hmm. and, and, like, and I coach soccer for years. I was never like, okay, so when you coach soccer, especially in a small town, yeah. oftentimes the parents will bring the kid to the fields, drop the kid off, go home, do whatever they got to do, right. fix dinner, clean the house, whatever. Um, and then they come back out and they pick the kid up. So what inevitably happens is sometimes the pickup kid is the last person to leave. And I would, I would always make it a point to make sure that I never was, I always had a second adult right. around. Like, it's just a precaution you have to take was, it's because, just programmed, because yeah. of the day and age, you know, it, it, you just have to protect yourself right. all the way around. Uh, and, and, um, you know, and him as a troop leader, he, he's got, he's got to be proficient in how he teaches kids Yeah, because he's, you know, he's the, not the troop leader. Who's the, the main, the big Well, you'll have like area. a den leader, which den leader is the, 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 yeah, the he, smallest he, he, group. He's the, um, well, yeah, God, it's been forever. Maybe he's the troop leader. Yeah, he's I would the, say. The was, top guy yeah, for the area. I would say troop leader, yeah. And, um, and, but then uh, he also has to, you know, make sure that he's helping all the parents feel like their kids are being properly right. cared for. Right, Um, And it's complicated now. When I was growing up, it wasn't complicated. Yeah. You know, we went to ball practice and, and yeah. we, we played yeah, ball man. and we left, you know. The, we fell down in the dirt, we ate it, and we got back up and we oh, get it, did it again. Yeah. I I have a, a buddy who um, I ride race by. I, I like to do bike rides and yeah. I'll do yeah. 20, 30 miles at a time. And I got a friend who just got into it and he, he ate shit bad. Oh, like no. he, you know, these these Is it like road bikes. bike or like yeah, mountain road bike? bike? Road bike, yeah. yeah. My, my uh, uncle... I guess my wife's uncle and me and my uncle now, Joe Dolan, last name Dolan. They're more St. Louis City. There's like a bunch of I brothers. know some Dolans. Yeah. Say Dolan's like Smith and, and Irish, so or yeah. in Ireland. But Lynn, um, Lynn Dolan is Lynn Dolan. the yeah, one I have I to know. ask around because they know they're really good with all the family, but he's an avid writer. I mean, he's had crazy complications health-wise too, and he's like one of the healthiest guys in the family. Oh, it man. seems like that's – but, man, he gets after it. He does all these – he does a lot with the Katy Trail. He does a lot of these different rides throughout mm-hmm. the city and whatnot. He's be a good yeah. one to talk about that yeah. one. My my buddy, he 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 accidentally went off the bike trail. Oh no! And then I don't know if, when the last time you were on one of these race bikes, but yeah. they sit up fucking high. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're flat oh, with the seat. Yeah. Holy cow! And he and he went and and so we were riding over the weekend, and I looked at his arm and like from <laughs> halfway down his forearm to his elbow is just a road rash, oh, and I rem- oh, yeah. and it just immediately brought back memories of being a kid. Oh yeah. Like we did, we'd be out on our bikes and yeah. we would eat and you know I never went home. Yeah, we went. <laughs> we had one situation where when I was. I don't know, probably 12 or 13, maybe. Same deal. We were out. We found this little, like, kind of tabletop jump that we were setting up and, and coming through a parking lot. 
<laughs> crossing a main roadway and hitting this like grassy knoll to make this perfect jump. And we were clearing it perfectly. We were landing good. Well, the one time I came in, I was, you know, pedal, you know, pumping. You to, came in too hot. Dude, I came in hot. And when I, when I, <laughs> when I came down pumping with one foot and it dug while well, oh, it went no. over loose gravel and the front wheel kicked out from underneath. And I just went straight down before it even caught the ramp. Oh no. You hit the tranny. I, I hit, no, I actually hit the, the loose gravel straight to the street. Oh, Cause I went man. past the pedal and I had it. I still got a scar on my right knee from now, but a huge chunk. I remember getting up and pulling like this big like quarter inch by quarter inch pebble right out of the wound Uh, and yeah it was it was rough but yeah i mean did you stay out and ride or did you go home we we rode for a little bit longer but it was starting to bleed through my pants so kind of looking bad anybody i rode next to so yeah i had to get home and get it get it cleaned up i mean i I remember taking those injuries and just yeah staying out definitely i mean but even now we're even now we do it and probably be a little bit more paranoid than we would have been i mean now if it happened we'd probably hurt a lot you know, hurt a lot more on our body than we would just a scrape or a cut, you know. I showed you my skateboard. Like, I popped open yeah, the, the yeah. front of the car. and mm-hmm. boards. So, I was I was coming back from Springfield Mo, and I stopped at the Rolla charger. Mm-hmm. And I got about 30 or 40 minutes worth of downtime, right, while right. the battery charges up so I can get either home or just St. Louis. And um, and so, that's part of the reason why I have the board there. Yeah. The other, you're, are you familiar with the Rolla charger? I'm not, I know, I mean, we are, so our property in the country is about 30 miles out of Rolla. I've been in and around Rolla, but I don't know where exactly that charger is. Okay, so you know where Bandanas is by chance? Mm. Anyway. Oh, uh, is it, is it the first it's, Rolla exit? It's, yeah, it's right, yeah, right the off highway. there. Yeah, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings, I think, down the way or maybe closer. I don't know if that's Bandanas though. I don't remember. There's some car dealerships. There's a Mercy. There's a couple of hotels. Further down, maybe then. Yeah, and it's on the south side of the highway. Okay. Anyway, I pull into the parking lot, and I back up. I get my car on the charger. There's another Model 3, and um, she's unhooking from the charger. Oh, like, sure. or She's yeah. unhooking from her car. She's done charging. Yeah. And I hurry up and grab my board, and I go over. I was like, I'm sorry. This is going to be a, a weird request, but please would you mind giving me a ride up to the gas station? I want to get a drink and a snack. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, sure. So I jump in, and she had the wide interior, and here I am with this filthy skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I was really Trying worried. to hover it so I couldn't yeah. touch anything. I, yeah. I did, too. Like, right, I was right. super careful. And, um, and yeah, she gave me a ride to the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. I went into the Moto Mart, got my, got my Red Bull and a, yeah. and a Slim Jim, and I rode the skateboard all the <laughs> way back. I was going to say, ride it all the way back down the All the way down the hill to, yeah. the, to the Charger. That's Man, awesome. having a board with me is perfect. Yeah. But, I was I was dicking around on that board and um and I was doing this little thing and, and I kind of got away from it and I ate shit and I almost felt silly for a minute but like I'm 43 and I just fell in a parking lot that nobody else is in right probably nobody saw you nobody saw you know, me yeah. and, and and I popped back up I was like oh that hurt okay keep going <laughs> yeah yeah it's it was it's an unfortunate mistake that. Falling is something we can still be good at. Right. You just right, have to do right, it. Right. We don't do it very often as adults. In any situation that we run through, I, I've always tried to take, this is something I heard a long time ago from a guy that wasn't that much older than me that had been in the automotive industry for a long time. I actually heard it when I was in school. It's not how we fall. We're going to fall. It's not how we, it's not the problems we have. I came through, I guess it was more of a customer aspect when I heard it. It's not about having problems. We're going to have problems. We're going to mm-hmm. have issues. Number one goal is how we deal with it. Yeah. It's how you get back up. Yeah. I've, I've been f- sort of formulating this theory in my head for quite a few years now, for a few years at least, this idea of, of fair and unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, when you watch like the, 
the National Geographic thing. Yeah. And they show the cheetah yeah. grabbing the yeah. ass of some antelope yeah. or something like yeah. that. You think the antelope's saying, hmm, this isn't fair. Yeah. Like, Mother Nature doesn't, there's no, right, right. fair is this made up concept by humans right. of, of this sort of balance that just kind of makes us feel good. Yeah. And in the end, like, the whole idea of fair is just sort of total nonsense. Yeah. It's, and, I mean, your, your initial, your initial, the initial next thing to happen is a reaction. Correct. Even if it's if it's in the right direction or not, you, you can't. Ju- I mean, nothing just lays there and doesn't do. It. If it's a living animal or creature, even if it's a plant, yeah. to a certain degree, it's, it's going to try react. and rebuild itself if something happens to yeah. it. Yeah, there's a reaction. Yes. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. So the, the idea of like these bad things are going to happen. It's going to feel unfair, but in the end, like what we do next right. is right. so huge. Right. It's so huge. Like. Um, I had a, a buddy of mine, uh, this dude, Ben, who I look up to. I like him a lot. He's a year or two older than me. He works for the U.S. government all over the world, and uh, he's a welder. And he sent me a message the other day um, saying something to the effect of, hey, man, been you know looking in on you, and I just want to tell you, like, good job or something to that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I know a lot of guys who have been through divorce and they just, they just melt into a, um, melt into a bar stool. Yeah. Good for you for not doing that. Right. And you know, I, unfortunately the good things that happen in our lives define us, but unfortunately it's some of the bad things that happen in our lives define us as well. Yeah. Sometimes the, 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 the bad things define you better, you know? Yeah. It sucks. It's a shitty concept, but certainly true. Certainly you know, teaches you something. Right, right. And, and, you know, unfortunately, I've been through a divorce mm-hmm. and I think I've come out of the other side all right. Yeah. You know, and... You're doing and, a good job as it is, man. And and it seems as if the different decisions could have been made along the way. Right. I, I could have turned to alcohol more. I could have turned yeah. to some sort of drug. I could have went out and started, you know, womanizing and all that sort of stuff yeah. and bad things would have ensued. But instead, you know... I pivoted like you're talking about, you know, the next decision was the most important one and so on and so on and so on. Right. Um, you know, so you couldn't speak true or truths. Just trying to speak through life, man. That's all we can do is, is, you know, get our experiences out there and, and maybe interpret between each other. But so, uh, let's pivot again. Yeah. What's next on the horizon for Frank that Frank's excited about? Man, I don't know. It's we've been only a year in with Tesla now, so it's definitely uh definitely looking for a little bit more opportunity. You know, obviously, you know, on the on the other side of things, I'm, you know, kind of working on, you know, financially building myself up a little bit more in the company. But now that I am vested a little bit in the stock market with Tesla, <laughs> as we said before, there's quite a bit going on there. Yeah. But um I don't know. I've never, my brother's always been, he actually started with Qualcomm years ago when they were the big cell phone company and wow. they're still out there. They're nowhere, you know, you don't hear that name as much, but yeah, they're was, not the juggernaut they used right, to be. Right. Right. And he was with them when they were doing GPS satellites. And I remember like him telling my dad, he had a, a Nokia flip phone or even just maybe a solid brick. And he's like, you watch one day we're going to be able to, I'm going to be able to take a video of myself and send it to you or talk to you through my phone yeah. and in video format. And my dad was, oh, that's bullshit. You know, that's there. That'll never happen. And even my, in myself being a way younger kid, like, yeah, I don't know. That's like some, you know, sci-fi movie shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. dude, here we are. And they were doing GPS satellites back then. How, how long ago do you think that might've been? It's probably been, oh man, I was. I mean, I wasn't much younger than when we were 
going to our farm. So maybe seven or eight for me. So over 20 years ago. Okay. You know, and that's, that's another thing like getting, getting, you know, down another rabbit hole there, you know, when you look at the advancements in technology for the time that they've been advanced. (laughs) So if you go back into the sixties and look, look at 60s to the 80s yeah there's a lot of shit that went down and i mean they, they we got a little bit but go from like 2010 to 2020 let's do 10 years or not even that let's go five years it's almost the same if not more amount of technology in the 10 years so it's the advancements are crazy yeah crazy crazy so yeah. i don't know there's a lot on the table i know you know even being here with tesla you know, our, our wheel repair thing that we were into is still a big one for us. Yeah. It gets more into that passion thing. Like, I found a place in the world, I guess, that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. And, and the customer feedback was almost the same. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say I've lost that with Tesla. I've definitely tried to gain that. But it, it's a new experience. I mean, I have to, to a degree, I got to rebuild some of that. Because mm-hmm. it's, I'm just offering something different. But I don't want to get away from what we had. It was an, you know, like I said, we... It got me. I mean, if I didn't go through those twelve years of wheel repair, I wouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. I know I wouldn't. There's no way. If you didn't go through your divorce, you wouldn't be, you know, on on the level of you know thinking. I think that you're on now. You know. Oh sure. We we may not even have these podcasts. I mean, it's it's crazy where it sends us, man. I I, I I geek out on that. Yeah. Like, like this switch and this switch and this switch. Yeah. And the journey of life had to be flipped in order to get right. to here. If that if that first switch wasn't flipped, it all the others might have been the opposite. Completely direction. different right. path. Yeah, right. yeah. It's wild. Yeah. yeah, and I I remember you saying anything that rolls, flies or floats. Yeah, floats, flies or rolls. So this little the little uh, thing you're saying about how technology has moved forward so mm-hmm. rapidly. Right. One of the things I really like to think about when thinking about that concept is that we had the um, the SR seventy one Blackbird. Okay. Back in that thing was flying in the late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. It was breaking Mach three hmm. in the early to mid sixties. Yeah. What is in the air today? <laughs> Man, what isn't in the air today? That's what is the thing. in the air today? The stuff we breathe, the stuff that flies in it. I mean, that's the one thing. Well, like, I'm, talk- I, I'm talking about aircraft technology. No, I know. I'm just saying, like Holy. in general, like there's this some of the shit they got now that's so stealth, dude. You'd never even hear it go by. But you know, the, aircraft technology is one thing for me personally that I've just I've been a super fan of. Yeah. But it's only been what I've been around. And sure. unfortunately, I've been more into the boat and cars, a little bit of airplane, a little bit more of the like model aircrafts and stuff like that. Yeah. A buddy of mine's real big into the RC, so he's got the cars. He, you know, he got into airplanes for a little bit. He's getting really big into RC boats lately. It's an expensive hobby, man. Dude, I'm telling you, yeah. it ain't no different. It's better than drugs. It's better than drugs. That's better all I've been drugs. saying. Yeah, it's exactly. the only thing I can say. He's like, well, I, you know, I tell my dad, like, I, I was into paintball for a, a few years and was really into that. That was expensive at the time. And, uh, Parents were always like, ah, oh, we, you know, we got to find something else that's too expensive. Like, well, I could be doing drugs. I'm like, that shut them up pretty quick. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Like the, the airplane, the, the aircraft industry has definitely been, I've been more on the side of the materials, okay. you know, trying to find out some of the solar technology they're trying to use, the paneling, even the dude material all the way down to the screws, bolts and rivets they're using. Interesting. I mean, cause it, cause it portrays into our cars. 
like when these guys build drag racing cars there they'll take an entire car and convert the entire thing from stainless or mild steel or even chromoly bolts grade mm-hmm. eight bolts and they'll go full titanium it's probably about a ten to fifteen thousand dollar upgrade around just to change the entire section of bolts on the car for 20 pounds but it, right yeah. but it's 20 pounds you can i mean for every what is it for every 200 pounds or something like that it's like a tenth or two on your quarter wow so i mean if you can change five panels and a bucket of bolts you could have you get a lower number right right you don't have to you're not beating on the motor as hard you don't have to make as much power to make the run the same time i mean obviously there's a lot of variances there but yeah most of the air i mean most of the stuff that funnels down in the other racing industries starts with either (laughs) it comes it funnels down from the aircraft industry or Mm -hmm. like formula one well, that's one, of the, that's one of the things I used to love about Porsche. And I still right. am a Porsche fan. Right, right. I, I've owned four of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that, four or five. And none of them are high-end. Right. Um, I think the most I ever spent on one is maybe 10 grand. Um, but they were all nice. Um, but as I learned more about them, one of the reasons they had so much success is they, they, they basically took directly from their racing program and trickle it down to the road car right so the the subtle things that you may be experiencing in a in a road car porsche was something that was being tested and implemented in the race program maybe a few years earlier right right and so you're getting direct access to racing technology and i think that's one of the reasons they were so successful now i'm i'm a fan like when i say porsche when I think in my mind of Porsche, I'm thinking late 90s, 996s, air-cooled. You're coming out of your... your so I don't know what they're doing now. Right. And, and so my one, my other partner, uh, Tommy, that we actually do wheels together, I, I know I keep referencing every once in a while, he's a little bit more up on the Porsche industry, or at least the game, and they just recently uh, unveiled... I can't remember what they call it, but it's like the... Their their electric hybrid or full electric Taycan. Taycan, that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. their uh, wagon SUV or uh, electric vehicle. Yeah, and uh, yeah, neat. Don't get I, me wrong, neat. I know somebody who has one. Right. He has the he has the first one in St. Louis. It's a it's the Taycan Turbo S. Okay. And at some point, I will likely get to ride in it. Right. Maybe yeah. if I'm nice, drive it because I have a you know we have some common ground. Right. Right. I do some work for the guy, and and um, I'm hoping. Now, as far as I understand, the one that they have that is electric equipped, that's full electric, right? It's yeah. It's a. It is, Porsche's answer to the Roadster. Okay. That's kind of what I was saying. As of right price, now. Pricing wise was the similar the only similarity yeah, it's there. It's a so. couple hundred thousand dollars. Right, it's it's like not two, gonna be as fast yeah. as the roadster, right. so yada yada yada. Um I, I I can't wait for the roadster to hit I mean yeah. it's it's gonna it's gonna be the best sports car ever built. It's gonna be wild, man. I it's gonna be something. I know that. If they can make it corner, which I hope right. they can, it'll have I'm I'm guessing it'll have some active arrow. If they can make the thing corner that, that I know that they're going to make it go fast. Yeah, yeah, we already know the propulsion's there. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said about Porsche and the, and the racing side of things, if you look into a lot of your small engine stuff, so like dirt bikes, four wheelers, street bikes, even your the cylinder head technology that's in these motors. I had a buddy of mine that actually was able to get a hold of some pretty rare Formula One parts, like oh, yeah. broken engine parts. And they're they're harder to get a hold of 
than like NASCAR parts and stuff. I like, you know, go to a drag racing event and they're going through a motor. You might get a rod and a piston or a, a, a set of clutch discs out of their clutch pack, you know, beat down, not bad, but they got to replace them every time or almost every pass. And when it came to like the F1 stuff, when they were tearing these motors down, they literally scrap and, and melt down everything because the technology is crazy advanced. I mean, oh, wow. when you look at your small engine, you just take a 350 Chevy. So, you know, you do the math, you know, you divide 350 by eight, you know, and I don't know, I guess you're, I can't remember because per cubic inch, it's like 61.125 uh Horse, or not horsepower, what the hell was it? It's a cubic inch conversion, but whatever the deal is, you, you base on horsepower per cylinder. Okay. Well, if you take, I'm just going to try and do some math because my brain's not working great, but if you take 350 horse, let's just say that's what a V8 makes, and you do 350 divided by 8, that's 43.75 horsepower per cylinder. And that's a fairly lower number. That's more like 60s, 70s number. But if you go into these um, small engines, you know, you've got a single-cylinder four-wheeler that might make 50 or 60 horsepower. Well, what's a single-cylinder engine? Yeah. I mean, the, the, and this is from like 03, you know, 2002 even, you know, on on. So the cylinder head design and just the overall engine design, there's a lot of different components that they're doing in some of these smaller, uh, there's a lot of different components they're using in some of these smaller engines that, are surpassing what we can do on just normal engine technology, but it's coming around. So do you, well, I mean, will that trickle down to, to the regular six and eight cylinder gas? Well, it, it, it's slowly getting there. They're doing a lot more forced inducted engines. You see Ford, right. we were just talking about the Bronco earlier. Ford's coming out. Turbocharging. Yeah. Doing a lot more of the turbo engines you're starting to see. And, um, even some of the, you know, the GM cars now are coming with the factory, you know, superchargers, even Ford's doing it. Um, so it's, it's interesting, you know, it's definitely, but with this new electric stuff, man, I don't know, you know, you may see more investment in electronic and in, in electric engineering and, and, and performance versus putting a supercharger on a car that may only last for a year, you know, a couple years, you know, beating it down. I know I have my opinion on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not I'm, something I personally want to hear, but that's where we're headed. I mean, but as a driver, if the experience is better, the experience is right, better. Right, Even if we have, they're already doing it. There's an app you can get in Europe for the three. And I don't know if you can do it on SNX, but you can do like exhaust notes yeah. through the speaker. <laughs> um, but that is my only thing. And I think that's what will get a lot of people or is what's warding off a lot of people on the experience of these cars is you don't hear it. You don't, you feel it, but it's a different feel. You just feel the acceleration. You don't feel what's doing that. You know, you don't feel what's getting that acceleration. Yeah, you don't have that vibration right. from the motor. The but sound, it's there, not, you know. There, there is a sound, I know. man. There is a sound. I know. It's, it's, there is a sound, and yeah. I geek out on it too, man. Right, right. I you geek know. on it. They're, they're, okay, so Teslas do not have the gasoline blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, rumble, yeah, right? Yeah, the rumble. But they do have this whine. Yes. This sort and of. And that's what. Yeah. Futuristic Jetson sounding <laughs> bullshit, man. That that it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not the bubbly Jetsons effect, but it's no. it's 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 on its way. And you you feel like you're driving something from the future. There's a I can't remember the name of the company. I'm bad with names today, but um, it's like 
electrified performance or supercharged. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something where they're doing... Unplugged performance. Unplugged is one of them. There's, a, they're oh, doing, there's another one. I've seen some stuff they're doing that's suspension related to the air suspension, but you got to watch because some of those components are actually damaging some of these systems when they lower too far, but... Listen, guys, this is a Tesla yeah, tech. So, so some, buyer beware. Yeah, just watch it if it's not Tesla owned. That's all I can tell you. You, you don't want to avoid any warranties too soon in. But there's a, a group of guys I talked to when I was actually out at the end of line out in California that one of these guys is actually going into some of the um, drive units and they're doing like a, not a gear reduction, but a gear style change. It makes them whine louder. Oh, it's no not kidding. necessarily, yeah, it's not necessarily harmful, but I, I think there's more to it because I can't see somebody cracking into one just to do that. Just to make it but louder noise. But apparently it sounds, it sounds pretty cool. So yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard it. They were, some of the guys were talking about uh, one of the companies that they'd seen do it, but. I guess I like it. Uh, there's a lot on the table, man. There's yeah. still a lot on the table. It's going to be interesting to see how things change over yeah. the next few years. I just want to see some sort of a, like they're already doing it with like the possible tuning options of buying the ludicrous or buying a performance model. But mm-hmm. the way these cars are set up is, I mean, they're set up to be beat on. They want you to take it out. If you have a, I've never seen a drive axle break. We've, we've had drive axles, make noise, you know, and click and stuff like that. I mean, that, that, those are things that do happen, but nothing's ever broken. Yeah. Like nothing's ever, I I've seen, I will say I have seen a model three, you know, somebody was out there really, really beating on it and they couldn't replicate a condition. So they had one of our guys do it and we're like, Hey dude, like that's fine, but we are going to get aggressive with this thing. And <laughs> basically we needed it to break yeah. because that's the only way we were going to get rid of this, you know, situation. We needed to get it under, you know, Get it taken care of, so it, but we just it was having trouble replicating. It finally lost it, but it didn't break electronically. It wasn't making a good connection anymore. It was enough of a hard force to get it to separate, and it, it, it essentially drew it out. Sounds like it took some abuse to get right, it there too. right, and that's just it. They want you to get in these cars, use them, guys. The feedback is the only way that we can make these things better. And I, you know, we hate to keep going back off on a Tesla tangent because that's not, you know, the basis of the show here, but. There's just so much on the table, you know. There's just so much available networking and 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 customer communication that we're we're looking for. We need your we need the support because it's so new. We haven't done it yet. Yeah. In some aspects, or we may not because it's holding up so good. So, I don't know. You know, they always say you know they offer the surveys and all our services. Like, even if it was a terrible experience, put it in there. Give the feedback. Don't be afraid yeah. to say, hey, this sucks. Yeah. You know, if a technician tells. Our service department, hey, dude, this is a terrible situation. It's only going to go so far. You know, it's within itself. But if somebody else, the people that are, you know, us, people that work there, we're not necessarily spending our hard-earned money on the product. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds bad, but that's for any company. But when your customers are leaving you terrible re- Google reviews and, you know, we're going to reach out on Yelp and give you, I mean, we thrive on good reviews good feedback, on that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Even if it's something. I mean, it's better than nothing. But at the same time, like, tell us what you want to see. Tell us what we're doing wrong. I had a customer that, you know, we had a very good service experience. And, you know, for in the beginning, he was just having trouble getting out, getting reaching out to somebody within the company to say, hey, you guys are doing a killer job. And that, for me personally, that's the worst thing that can happen. When you got a guy that's happy, that is no. trying to reach out and say, you guys are killing it. And yeah. he can't even do that. We got that situation rectified right away. But like, that's what they—that's what we want. Like, I don't know. It's 
Well, it sounds like you guys are very vested in 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 a great in a in a great experience for for the owner, which. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I mean, feeling any sort of customer appreciation nowadays is hard. Right, right, and it, it really mean, is. And and, and I th- I think with this COVID run, you know, that's what the people that are smaller, you know, they're not big business, and the people that are able to latch on or are able to come up out of this, they have. I mean, that I think that to a degree is is about one of the only things they still got left to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, the support from their others, but the customer service. You know. Yeah. I've got I've got accounts. We got a pizza joint in Ellisville that's sort of family. I guess mutually, you know, we know them pretty well, and they did better with less customers inside. Oh wow! Because they're not. I mean, don't take it the wrong way, but they're not supporting their clientele inside. People mm-hmm. are coming in, picking up, leaving. Yeah. So I mean, but customer they wouldn't get that without the customer support. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's been an experience to say the least. Hey. Check this out, man. In like an hour and 45, hour and 50 minutes already. Oh, wow. Can That's you believe crazy. it? For the first time, I wasn't, I was kind of trying to get, but, you know, check it out, but I couldn't remember when we started. So. Yeah, we, we started right around one. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, some for some reason, I hit record on these mics and mm-hmm. it's like turning on a time machine. Right. Right. Um, I started this, and like I was tell, telling you earlier, like, I think. Um, well, this idea born out of the, uh, uh, out of, uh, when I was a kid going and visiting friends and family, mm-hmm. um, and I'm finding out about myself that I'm actually doing this to facilitate something that I'm lacking in my life and, and, and sort of craving, which is just really good, solid conversations where yeah. you just riff back and forth right. and you and I from the first time we met, even before we met, when we were texting back and forth the yeah. very first time you were coming out here to um to service the car, like we clicked and then we met in person and we clicked mm-hmm. and, and here we are again. <laughs> Man Pretty wild, yeah. yeah. We made the made the second 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 visit was a podcast. So what yeah. do you what do you, I, what do you say? I really super appreciate you taking the time to yeah. do this. Dude, um, awesome. I think I was... the planets aligned that that you had the time and I had the time because right. I usually don't. Yeah. Um. And so I'm super grateful that you did this, and um, I hope that um that anybody who's listening to this is entertained. We talked a lot of Tesla, so um, hopefully, if you're curious about Tesla, you you found out a few things if you've ever talked to me you probably didn't find out any things because all the shit i've said before (laughs) (laughs) you already knew it from the past everybody's wanting me to shut the fuck up about it already um but anyway frank man dude it was a pleasure thank you so much for taking care of my car yeah thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me yeah same here man i uh it's been it's been a wild experience not only with the company but sitting here and taking the time out of the day to do this so i'm i would definitely be looking forward to doing more it, it's wild how once we sit down and you know to a degree you don't you kind of got to let the 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 fact that you're being recorded go away because yeah it, it definitely it's a, it's a little it's a little nerve-wracking at first but man it's when you get talking about passionate shit yeah dude it's the rest is six care of yourself doesn't that's it? right it all, all right. falls into place congratulations on your on your little one that's yeah just right around the corner appreciate um, it and um you know, I, I wish all the best for you, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, and go Tesla. Mm-hmm. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye.